0: And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat not, financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, our theme, trickle down, aponomics. Essentially, how does historic value uh, actually get impacted? And how does that significance play into it? Andrew, how's it going? What do you see in the news?
1: Yeah, I think this is a good topic. We have seen a lot of, uh, a lot of movement in different projects ever since that ape token was dropped and it's been interesting to see where it has fallen. So, we'll get into that a bit more during the show here, but let's see. To start off, we've got another top or another headline with OpenSea. We've always got something going on with OpenSea and this one is, uh, in case you haven't noticed yet, they have rolled out credit card payments directly on OpenSea. So you no longer have to have already purchased your crypto somewhere else. You can actually purchase crypto, right? Or purchase the NFT via a credit card, similar to have Nifty Gateway and some other platforms do it. So OpenSea has this now, Uh, it's been out for a little bit. You may have already noticed this if you've been on the platform. I don't know, I haven't taken a look yet at how, uh, if that's actually if you can see this on chain, I assume that, there, that this must be visible on chain, that it's done a different way. So it would be interesting to look at how much it's being adopted by users.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, the MoonPay application doesn't actually serve as the wallet. You still need your own wallet connected. So there's no custodial element. But what this also does, it's not just a small payment feature, but think about what a credit card is. It's buying on credit. It's not the same as saying, hey, I have to actually have these assets in the form of west in my wallet. It's, I am going to borrow money from a financial institution to make a transaction here that I have to pay back in 30 days or pay uh, an APY on. Hmm. It's interesting.
1: Very interesting. Yes. We've seen a lot of uh, discussion around this on other platforms other Robin Hood comes to mind so it'll be interesting to see what happens here
0: yeah I mean it makes me a little terrified I may just never do it because I gotta be honest one of the ways I stop my uh, freaking FOMO and clicky clicky of just running around and buying stuff nonstop is actually uh, throttling the amount of these that is in my wallet at any given point and and just just taking it away from the hot wallet and, and moving it to staking or moving it to other places so that I don't feel like oh my gosh here's an opportunity but only for now 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 and having my credit card attached really removes friction in a way that i don't think helps the uh the inner demons
1: yeah that's that's a dangerous one i am likewise going to stick away from uh, connecting that to, um i do have ways to spend my eat as it is and don't need to uh, add to that
0: all right we have how the fbi made its first nft rug pull bust just in time to save other would be victims. So, reminder rug pulls, meaning the founders create a thing and then they just run away with the money after making many, many promises. And in this case, uh, it's a, a couple of 20, 20 year olds that they found. They're now facing criminal charges in the Manhattan federal court for scamming investors under the NFT project Frosties. Looks like 1.1 1. 1 million from NFT buyers, and then they just abandoned the.
1: Yeah, actually a relatively small rug pull. We certainly see much bigger ones, but you know they left a lot of evidence around and made it relatively easy for uh, the FBI to catch them. And it seems like they definitely want to make an example here. And hopefully it is a warning to others that are uh, doing the same not to uh, get into this. I'm sure we will see uh, some other busts similar to this in general. It's tough to, to cover up all those digital tracks. And I, I think most of uh, these, most people weren't necessarily thinking that they were going to need to do all of the cover up when they got into it. So they, um, they likely have some leaks out there and we'll see similar from other rug pullers in the future.
0: I here's, I gotta say, like I smile when I see this type of regulation kind of come in, because if you let predators like this continue to proliferate and profit from the NFT market and people that are still figuring things out, it hurts the overall ecosystem. Like The truth is you do need oversight. You do need some form of punishment, not just like, oh, too bad. You should have known. Like, should have known what? That like taking a bet on two unknown founders that created a thing and they were young when they did it, didn't have a past record. A little thing called, you know, the Port 8 Yap Club came out of a similar start. So you're betting on limited information and promises made by folks. There is punishments for false advertising, for falsely representing a product and then ditching it, and this is just sort of making it uh, a touch more tangible. And for the other folks out there, the people that are like planning on saying like, "Oh my gosh, what an easy way to rip people off," I feel like it's a little bit like the early day, early early days Facebook. Follow me on this, where I was. I was like one of the first colleges in there. I, you were one of the first colleges in there when we were at our age in Facebook World, and we didn't realize taking stupid pictures on Spring Break would actually be associated with a professional identity down the road. All tracked, watched, and saved and recorded. That's what's happening on the blockchain now. If you are being a jerk at scale, like and thinking you can just roll and do next project, there's a and they're on the blockchain, and it's very clear that there's a long memory here in the same way that like making those mistakes are. Are hard to cover up. I'll be honest. Maybe I should go on to Facebook now. Take down some old.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot more people looking at these things. A lot more people looking for ways to to find these people. So it's not even just the FBI, but there's uh, people out there looking at these and and alerting people to next projects that people may be connected to. So definitely uh, good to see that action being taken against uh, people like this because i think making the industry safer will attract more people to it in the long run
0: yeah i mean the truth is when you piss off 2,000 people you also added financial incentive for them to destroy you find you and bring you to justice i'm looking at the Frosty's nft and there's 2,000 folks that bit into this one and like it kind of is
1: All right. Next on uh, the list here of our headlines, we've got a, oh, let's see. We've got Liverpool, the soccer, the football club, Liverpool soccer. They sold 10,000 NFTs. Isn't that great, George? They sold out. They, they, there's a, there's a, Uh uh-oh. They were trying to sell 171,000 NFTs and they sold 10,000. So, not so yeah. successful in that light. I have no idea why they would start with 171,000 as their first drop, because as you can see, 10,000 would have sold out. They would have had a success successful drop and instead it's looking not so successful and I can't imagine that yeah, they're going to mint out the rest of the 161,000 of those anytime soon. I could be wrong. Could have changed by the time you're hearing this. However, I doubt it.
0: Yeah. Fans. Quote, we're not happy, accusing the club of trying to exploit them. It did seem like a lot of the money, or part a portion of the sales, were definitely going to their LFC foundation. But again, it's it's very clear when you when you push it too soon or you don't you're based in the right way. They they see it as a as a cash grab instead of a a stake uh, a stake in something that connects them with the the team and the brand. There's ways to do it. There's ways to not do it, but. I mean, that's an aggressive start. Your first drop. I think we can push one hundred and seventy-one thousand <laughs> of these things. And market size for status that. people that like uh, Liverpool is about a couple. Of, yeah, I feel like somebody did forgot to carry the one in the total addressable market game.
1: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't look good now for moving forward with that project or or any other projects when you've got uh, that on on the blockchain. Yeah, I don't like to see that. It makes me sad too because again. I am long soccer this year. That's right, yes. All uh, right. Have I not brought the, that up
0: every episode?
1: The recurring theme. I just moved on from, from the stable games to re- reminding us of soccer games, soccer NFTs. <laughs> soccer.
0: Past project news, I was very excited because the Red Village, the other week, I, I forgot to mention this, but the, the Red Village launched tournaments. You can now play with those figures, the Red Village being... Uh, a project that we have had and we are both, uh, full disclosure, owners of these little champions who then go beat each other up in the ring. I'm just happy to see a team finally get to launch and I see this again and again where there is a game launch date set and it just, you know what? Surprise, games are hard. Games on blockchain are also really hard because we're also saying there are financial implications of them but they have launched. I have actually fought with some of my some of my champions. We haven't had any big wins yet, but I am not deterred, and uh, gets me excited. It uh, gets me excited for that project, but also puts in the back of my mind when you see a date, just add three months, and then consider what that does to the asset.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. The game development we're seeing is a much more timely production than than most of the projects predict, and uh, whether you know, whether it's Red Village or or uh, Cool Cats or any of these games nifty league degens we're seeing that these take a lot longer than anticipated and
0: uh, crypto unicorns alluvium like there's tons of these things i'm watching i'm on human park there's like a little bit of a delay another one i'm watching is the crypto bots obviously we're both holders there i'm a holder there and there's (laughs) delays like it's 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 par
1: yeah and unfortunately i it doesn't seem like any like there's a I think there are many teams taking the, the step or the approach of let's not say anything and then just deliver the game. But the, we haven't, I guess the people that have been doing the most of not saying anything and delivering something is the Yuga the Yuga team, but we haven't seen a game from them at this point. And I don't think that they would be one to say it's going to come on May 1st and then fail to deliver on that. That's something they have gotten right. They haven't, set dates, set expectations, and then missed on those. And we are seeing a lot of teams do that. And that's, that's tough to keep people interested. Happens a lot, even if you end up delivering later on. I don't envy the
0: marketing teams and the marketing planning going into this, right? You have X number of marketing dollars, say, to spend, and you have got a sort of range of time. So the question is, when do we start? All right, we should start now in anticipation of this window or this range of a game being launched. And suddenly if you've blown through a lot of your marketing mechanisms pulling people in, you've gotten people really excited and expectation. And then you're dealing with this trough of production where the real data production then just eats into all of that momentum. And so when you don't get those dominoes aligned and it happens a lot, a lot, a lot, it's, it's tough, but also I, I view it sometimes as like a, a test your conviction and buy in then. So even if you sort of miss the mint on a lot of these games, there's another project I've been watching, Trovers, actually, which is similar. Like I was, I almost like ate into the the initial drop. I realized they didn't plan a game until Q Q3 launch. I was like, tell you what, I'm going to check in on you this summer, see how you're doing.
1: Yeah, I think that's an important aspect with these games. If you are interested, there's probably going to be a lull um, where there's going to be a good opportunity to buy because... Unless it's uh, completely bucking the trend, there's going to be a, a delay in the uh, delivery of the actual game, and we haven't seen any any team not take that route at this point. It's hard to not do the mint when you see the opportunity to go get the money to do the development for the game, and it's it's tough to deliver a game. So that's the order we're seeing happen in for the most part. But it does mean that mint price is often I don't know not the floor in the at least medium term. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's talk about our theme, trickle-down aponomics, which is just a sort of joke at the, the ape economy we all now live in in the NFT land where 25% of all of the Ethereum-based, I guess, activity, roughly speaking, is under the good old Yuga Labs with Bored Ape Club and Punks and MeBits and, and all of the projects under there. But think about it, though. When someone is buying in, what's, what's the floor for, for Bored Apes right now?
1: like close to a hundred. Oh, I believe it's over a hundred right now. Oh, thank God. 15 or so it's some, some absurd number, you know, over 300,000.
0: Yeah. So when that amount of money is sort of in volume and floating around just in that ecosystem, it has a sort of a gravity to it. It pulls money into its own orbit and the hope this is. Maybe what we're starting to see is that as people begin to take profits and diversify, so for example, maybe you're holding a few of these assets worth hundreds of years. maybe you take a beat and say, you know what, I can't help but notice a lot of these apes are being targeted for hacking attempts, or who knows what's coming, take the profit and roll it back into other long-tail projects, the next sort of round of, of board apes, right? I mean, the truth is, if you owned a board ape, it'd be one of the best investments in recent history, had you found it at the beginning because of the multiple. When you have multiples like that, I think there is some narrative that saying, like, right, all right, let me, like, take the profit and maybe look for that next round, because clearly I was smart enough to find it once, and it had an absurd multiple.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there definitely are people rotating out of these. We've seen... We've seen some other big name projects shoot up in price pretty significantly lately, Zuki is one that comes to mind. The price, uh, the floor price there got as high as 30 at one point. I think it's down, you know, back down to, to 20 some odd at this point. But there's a lot of projects now that have reached over 20. And I think that it is, it's, but some people coming in, but I think it's more often people rotating out of some of these, these really big projects. And maybe it's selling out of them, but I think it's, it's often people maybe diversifying if they have multiple apes, if they were, were fortunate to, to buy those at the right time. It's certainly, it's certainly worth selling at, at a certain point or at this point and, and maybe looking at some other projects and, oh, well, I think the the first place to look when when you're selling those isn't looking at the tiny projects. They're, it's it's pretty significant. And it's a significant amount of ETH, and I don't think that most people want to go and buy a lot of things under maybe half an ETH. And it, after selling a hundred and ten ETH piece, so there's still a lot of people willing to buy these these other pieces at five, ten, twenty ETH because they can. That's still diversifying quite a bit from. From holding it all in one single piece. So I think we're seeing a lot of people rotate into those, trickle down to, to these other projects. Maybe we'll see how much of that continues. Like I said, recently we saw the the highest number of sales uh, in a single day. So I think that is telling that maybe uh, there's more going on than than just those projects. We're seeing those four prices rise, but I think we're starting to see volume kind of trickle down to other projects. and it's it's. It's kind of easy to assume that that the same thing will happen from these these other projects, where a twenty five e sale is all of a sudden split into smaller projects, and and so on.
0: yeah, you see this sort of the the next tier. So you move from the shopping at the the top the top ten to the the next ten, and then you get in the land of like you have your MFers and Adidas, uh, World of Women Galaxy. I think you own one of those.
1: Yeah, that was one that just. Drop So that was their second part of their drop. So yeah, that's one that, you know, I think World of women, I think that's gone. I believe that's well over 10 at this point. And, and I think seeing people kind of connect to some of these, the stronger brands that have continued to deliver. And I, I think that's a, what we're seeing with world of women with, with Azuki. And I think they, I can't remember the name of the, uh, the airdrop that they just did, but that rose to, I don't know, over five Ethan value. So and associate these associated projects. I think people are looking at somewhat as the, the mutant ape version of the, of the board apes looking for projects that are connected to the, the big brands that are delivering and realizing that let it, these teams aren't just limited to one single project. If they are able to deliver, they're going to you be know, these, the communities will continue to grow and, and add value and um, not actually dilute um, over time.
0: Yeah. I mean, so. You were saying that the trickle down is really just looking at that next tier. And you think that when people are flipping all the larger projects, they're still looking for that type of historic significance, but also executing team because there are overlooked projects. I happen to own a lot of them because it's my narrative thesis, aside from games that involve horses and soccer this year. But it's about the sort of like the the moon caps, moon cats and crypto bots. It just like, I'm like, they have historic significance of said in there, but they're said
1: that. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. It does seem like historic significance has not held much value, at least in this rotation of, of projects. It's, it's been going to, to newer projects like Azuki, like that's and a lot of projects that have been, like, yeah, I, like, I, again, that, that has continued to, to move upward. I think that's up in the high threes now as a floor and, but a, we're, I, Well, I think, I think part of this is we're seeing teams learn from the other ones we're seeing from ones that have failed in the past, but we're not seeing much value attributed to historic projects. And there could be a couple of reasons for that. One is if they haven't had much success in, in marketing their project for a long time it's hard to imagine it will all of a sudden start clicking and they obviously would, uh, would have a challenge with a relatively inactive holder base it's people that aren't there's not a lot going on in these projects so it's tough to, to kind of light a fire so we're seeing these active teams that come in and there's a lot of excitement and they can ride the momentum and continue to deliver value those are working right now we've talked about how that that can you can run out of momentum but at this point I think that the teams that are that are behind the projects where where these profits are being rolled into or or trickled down to have largely delivered and they are teams, they aren't individuals. They aren't maybe projects that just were were happened to come by and and mint on the blockchain, they're pretty well thought out and they've learned a lot from the projects that came before them. You know, so it's hard to, to see that these will that are just rotate on from these two other projects that maybe are overlooked.
0: Yeah. And I, th- I think the problem is we're looking at the irrationality of this week in NFTs as opposed to this decade. And what I mean by that, there was a, an interesting thought from Milk Road last week in the article saying that only about 1.4 million users have bought an NFT on OpenSea, which means 99% of the internet has not bought an NFT. They posit that what percent of internet users, people that are savvy, regular, interacting on the good old interwebs, will buy some kind of NFT in the next 10, 15 years more. That's the answer. And there is a report that like, did we, we stop with the hype about it? But the Coinbase NFT platform has 3.7 million users on the waiting list. I'm going to just put that in context again, real quick. 1.4 million users have bought an NFT on OpenSea. There are 3.7 million users on the Coinbase waiting list for the NFT market there.
1: That's, that's a big number. That's a significant number. And I think there, you can make an argument that, anything that's already there can hold significant, hold historical significance to to a new user. And the, the difference between a project that came in 2017, that hasn't and in 2021 or may not be as, as big as we, I think it is in terms of the significance and there's a big difference, I guess, in in the approach that the teams have taken and certainly the momentum that a 2021 project could have versus a 2017 project And at this point, the strongest early project is CryptoPunks. And we've seen that, that, that has struggled certainly that the historic value narrative there has, has failed to keep up with, with Bored Apes. It's not even close. So we're seeing that in other projects as well. And I think there, you know, that's something that we didn't see in crypto currencies when we've got these layer ones that come along and and maybe steal some of the the shine from ethereum for a time for a short time at least but then it does come back to ethereum so it's tough to say what is going to play out over time in nfts but i do think that we have you have to be a little bit wary of assigning value just due to historic significance as we're seeing that doesn't with most of the the at least the profits it doesn't it seems to be rotating into newer projects that maybe are more influenced by bored apes than by crypto punks.
0: Yeah. at at a certain point too, it's you're sort of testing your, your, your thesis. And I, the the immediate project that comes back to, I come back to like moon cats and they continue to press forward, right? They're still pushing stuff out there and their, their team is certainly docs and known they were at it since 2017. We talked about it as an affordable project. It had a, this sort of perk up and down. And it's it's a little bit down right now. I'm like, do you double down on your thesis or do you like start shopping for something new? That's kind of like a tough call. What do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, there's been some more active discussion in the Discord. There, there's been some some maybe unhappiness among some of the Discord members there, but it's not just in that project. It's seen Mooncats. I've seen Cool Cats. There's people grumbling about the a lot about the, the praise, the lack of action. Both of these have, both of those projects have talked about games that have yet to be released. Mooncats has been upfront that it's going to be a, a very long time until the game is actually released. Cool cats on the other hand was supposed to release the game, I believe in January. And it's uh, still not, I think, I think they have it in testing. That,
0: that's the, that's the production trial. It's like, you got to. I really think you do a mooncast. I was like, look, we're trying,
1: but it's going to be like, cool. Yeah. And Mooncats has also admitted they're not great at the marketing side of things. And that's been a challenge for them over the years. And that is a concern at a certain point, marketing is necessary. You can't just expect people to, to see the significance of the historic, the historic importance, if, if, if people aren't paying attention that historic importance, isn't going to, to mean a whole lot, um, especially if another game is doing it much better, I'm not saying that it doesn't hold value. I, I just. I get wary when I see teams kind of delaying things and people getting wary and then uh, people getting concerned about the lack of delivery. You know what what is to keep people around there? I guess it, right. is it just here's, the here is here is
0: a here is a, a brutal what if for you because you're a bit of a whale out there and you have owned a CryptoPunk at one point and need it as well. Here's here's the trade off. You can technically buy. Right, let's call it ten mooncats right now. Or you can buy one MFR. Right? An mfr is in the teens right now for a top product. Maybe it gets some trickle down love. Maybe it's like the the next one to go from like definitely hyping to like absurd hype. Or do you say like no 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 I'll place in like uh, a ten moon cat bet.
1: Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. So we, What would you do? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking. I think I you, <laughs> you yeah, you put me in a tough position here. I think you know that. I think at this point, It'd be tough. To, the is a little tough to buy right now at that price. I think it may be a little high, close to four. So, oh man, I guess I would take the Mooncats. You're making me say that. Yeah, no, it's right about. So the floor price for Mooncats is point three eight, and
0: the Mefferts is yeah three point three.
1: Okay, those have those have come down again to three three. Those keep bouncing around. I, I could see going higher. I don't know that I see that as being. I don't know, a project that gets to some sort of 10 ETH floor, though.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, that's... So you just nailed it, right? Like, what's more likely to happen? Mooncats get to call it 1 ETH, or like 1.2 ETH, or MFers get to 10? 10. 10. I even think it's more likely that mooncats move that
1: amount. I think so. I think it could be... You got to be patient.
0: But I feel so much cooler, because I already have a mooncat, I feel so much cooler with the MFer. But you really, I think it's important to run that thought experiment, because you can get blinded by the, like, the, the forget around opportunity costs. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of NFTs, Andrew. I don't know if you realize that. Yeah. And you out there, huh? That's several. Are they making more? <laughs> Thanks for humoring my What if, all right. I think we nailed this. I think we nailed this topic. I'm no smarter than I was before, but I might be, I might be looking if Mooncats drop below a certain amount, I may go get some.
1: All right. Well, good talking. And if you're listening, leave us a review, give us a, a five stars or, or, or Come let us know in the Discord why you want to do so before you uh, leave a rating.
0: Yeah. If you're not going to leave this a good review, don't stop listening. You should stop listening.
1: I think we're going to (laughs) kick off the show with asking for a rating next time. because We should, because I think nobody's listening. All right. I'm going to go rate us. Bye, Andrew.
0: This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com. In our show notes, again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.